All right, we're here. Purple Moose podcast, February. Loca- Jeff, location? Location, B's Place, Saint uh, Lilydale, Minnesota, St. Paul. Whatever you want to call it. Jeff, you're, you're growing out a, a beard. What? Uh, you, 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 no, you like it, don't I, you? I mean, you, you kind of look like a pirate. I mean, you look like you're going to sail the seven seas. And Hey, I'll take that as a compliment. Okay, we'll take it that way. That's, that's <laughs> up to you. Um, today's podcast, we're going to go over a couple different things. We want to talk about the offside rule. Uh, the coaches challenge offside rule. Talk about the Alexander Burrow suspension. We want to talk about the Bruins. We want to talk about the Rangers. We want to talk about the Hawks. Uh, traded the podcast, and then we'll get her going. All right. um, beer of the podcast. A little bit of a mismatch. A little bit of a you know what was in the back of your fridge, and, and we got some some BL smoothies, some Bud Light, and what else? Bud did lattes. You? Bud lattes. Oh, lattes. Blue yummies. Blue yummies. And what are you what are you drinking? Milwaukee's best ice, aka Beast, beast ice. ice. Drinking Beast Ice, so you're gonna have a horrible hangover in the morning. I, uh, I have a feeling. I had Beast Ice last night, and I, when we went out to the bar, I did not feel so well. Yeah. So I, I wonder if maybe it's been a while since I've had it, because back in the day, it was I was, I was crushing these brew daddies like no other, and I felt just great. Beast Ice to beast. me is is pretty much top five grossest beer in the world in my eyes. Beast Ice. Hey. You know what? If it works, it works. It works. All right. Well, dilly dilly. Um, Let's just first jump into it, Jeff. Let's talk about. All right. So I want to talk about. I want to talk about the coaches' challenge, the offside rule. I think this is the stupidest rule, and and I know it's something that's been an issue for a lot of players this year and teams. This has to be something they get rid of at the end of the season. I mean, we're watching a game today. We're watching Winnipeg versus New York, and you know he comes in a, a shade off offsides. Another player does. And they play, they're in the zone for a good 10, 15 seconds, and then Myers blasts one uh, right by, you know, stick side Lundquist, top shelf, and they call it back. And this just to me, like, it has no bearance on the play. You know, he didn't get the puck passed to him. It's like, who cares? Like, this is a bad rule. This is a rule that needs to be changed, and it needs to be changed quickly. Well, they, it was either goalie interference or offsides, one of those two where if they challenged and. I think if they lost the challenge that they get a delayed mm-hmm. game penalty, which I think it should go for both both of the uh, offside and the uh, goal interference. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, I feel like they are kind of overanalyzing a little bit. Like, I understand back, you know, there were some key goals that you could have been called yeah. offside back before the replay came in. So I understand My- how, how that got – how they implemented the rule in the first place, but – you know, like at, you know, I remember we talked about it in one of our podcasts from the first season was that it. You know, I think we like Torch ranted on about that. That you know, he said get rid of it because if you're not gonna get it right, then get rid of it. Yeah, and my thing too is here's my issue. Yeah, if a guy goes, if a guy comes in offsides and he gets the puck past him and he scores, sure, that should be a yeah. disallowed goal. But it's these guys who are a foot offsides, which to me it's. It doesn't matter. I mean, in, in this play specifically, the guy had no bearance on the play. Yeah. You know, the puck was passed back. Myers took the shot. It had nothing to do with him being offsides or not. I know that teams are just exploiting because those are the rules this year, but it slows down the game. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if you want to have more scoring in this league, get rid of stupid crap like this, honestly. I, I just think this is a bad call. This is something that hasn't been working out great, and, and we need to be done with it. I, I agree. You know, it, it is slowing down the game. Like I mentioned, it should be a two-minute delay of game penalty. 
and if you lose the challenge, and I, um, I just it's and you're right. I mean, how about, how about, how about this? If they want to keep it, it's a two, it's a delay of game, two minute penalty, and you also lose your timeout for the game. I want to make it so that these guys, and here's the problem too. They are looking at it. The second he goes offsides in his own, the assistant coaches are looking at it on replay. Yeah. You know, that's what they're looking for. It just it doesn't do the game any justice to me personally. And Double whammy does sound pretty good. I think this is definitely going to be heavily discussed at the next GM meetings. And I think they're going to get rid it's of a hot, it. It's a hot topic. It is a hot I, topic I, I because I think, it's, I think it's really a negative thing in the league I, right now. I mean, it was cool when they implemented just because it's like, all right, well, you know, you if if – it was after that, you know. There, like I said, there it was the fit team playoffs, but there were some controversial calls where the the teams thought, or they looked at it like a game winning goal in OT, and they see that the guy was offside, so it shouldn't have counted. Yeah, and so I understand why they implemented it in the first place. No, but but, but the thought know, process it, it behind it's change. not bad, but it's, it's just it's, it's a dumb rule. It's, and it's, it's 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 had a negative effect the first few years that we've seen it now. Yeah, let's. And I don't want to jump more into it, but anyways, it's got to go. It's right. absolutely yeah. got to go. Um, let's talk about this Alexander Burrow suspension, a 10-game suspension for um, kneeing Taylor Hall in the head. The play basically was Taylor Hall made a nice big open ice hit. Um, they're in the – I mean, they're in the, the offensive zone. And all of a sudden, uh, play stops. Guys are starting to tussle, go back and forth. And Burrows gets into it and, and seeks out to, to go after Hall. And, and to be honest, let's look at the two different players. Taylor Hall is the face of the New Jersey Devils right now. Alexander Burroughs is a reckless energy fourth guy, line, fourth yeah. liner, got like on the back end of his career. So really, it's like, bro, like you don't like enough is enough with you. But what does he do? He gets on top of of Taylor Hall and he starts kneeing him in the head repeatedly. It wasn't once. It wasn't like he was trying to get his footing. He was kneeing him in the head over and yeah. over and over. To me. Ten games, I thought was was the right call. Oh yeah. But at a certain point, you know what? What's the max you can do here? Could you sit there and say, you know what? How about here's here's a forty five game ban? Yeah. Or yeah. And have know. fun trying to figure out how you're going to get on a team next year because you because no team wants to you know put you on its roster knowing that you can't play until November. So, like enough's enough with this type of stuff. Guys like Alexander Burrow give like. Tough hockey player is a bad name, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a ratty guy. Like I've heard, his, I've heard stories like from like Patrick O'Sullivan, who used to play in the NHL. Um, hates Alexander Burroughs. Hates hates the play, and he goes, Alexander Burroughs is the type of guy who literally, well, um, he'll he'll show up at guys' charity events and, and give them money so you can seem like he's a nice guy, and this isn't like who he really is. But he's just a rat, you know. He's yeah. an absolute rat. Like I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on it? I thought it was, it was. I thought it was a really odd, piss unnes- poor play. Piss poor, unnecessary play. Like, you know, it, it, you're you're it, you're not doing yourself any favors by doing that. You know, you're gonna get suspended. You know, you're you're ticked off. Fight the kid. I don't care. Just just that 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 crosses the line right there. Hundred percent. And ten games. I, I I you know they were saying oh he could get six or seven, and they go no he's getting ten games, which I. Completely agree, and I probably probably like I, you say it should have been more because I think what was it back? Oh gosh, remember the I think the long suspension I've seen in the NHL was the Rafi Torres hit on Hosa back yeah. in the 2012 playoffs, and he got like 25 games. Well, if you remember too, Chris Simon was you know was out for a year. Uh, there's been some massive yeah. long term ones, but 
you know what? 25 games to me wouldn't have been... I would have been like, you know what? Fine. Hopefully he never does this again. Yeah. And his long the suspension team. they had is something like... But this is a guy who bit Henrik Sedin's finger in the Stanley Cup final... Or, or, or a bit uh, Patrice Bergeron's finger. You know, it's like you're a grown man and you're biting people. Like, this guy is just a rat, yeah. you know? and. Guys like him, like for a while, Burroughs, he was an agitator, but he scored a lot of goals and he like made himself. He's a lot to me like not the same body type or like type of, but it reminds me so much of like Todd Bertuzzi, a guy who could like put it in the back of the net, but was a complete agitator, always went over the line, dirty player. I just think like at a certain point, say, look, it's detrimental to have you in this league. Here's a one year ban. Have fun trying to get back yeah. in because he's in his mid thirties. This is his last contract. Right, I, I agree. You know, same with Torres too, though. They tried to get him out. Yeah, you know? it's it's interesting though. You go back to Burroughs. Just a quick, just quick thing to point out here. He had some really good chemistry with the Sedin brothers. Pretty nuts, isn't it? That you know he's that's why he had a place on the team. He yeah. played well for a couple years. Yeah. You know? And then they got, and then it just kind of wore down afterwards. So and and Vancouver is just not even like really a competitive team. They haven't been a competitive team since since since, since the Stanley Cup 10, finals. Yeah, really. since eleven. Yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, I, I just think that that's a play we got to get out of the league. Uh, absolutely, I agree. Disappointing, but let's move on. Let's go over and talk about just a couple teams right now, real quick. First off, obviously we're watching the Rangers uh, Winnipeg game in the background here. New York Rangers. Uh, they basically sent a letter to the fans that. You know, without saying the words, they said, get ready for a long-term rebuild. Uh, we're going to tear this thing apart. We hope that you'll still remain a fan of us. We want to win a Stanley Cup. We're not there. We're not close to being there. And you know what? In the last, let's just say, 15 years, we've had a lot of success. We've been to the playoffs a bunch of times. We've been to a couple conference finals. We went to one Stanley Cup final. Uh, we didn't get to the Cup. Um, we're not close right now. We need to tear this thing apart. I, I really like the direction that this team is going by sending out that letter and telling and, and doing this because really I I mean they they did this because they don't have a lot of confidence that even if they get in that they're gonna win get past the first round make a big run this isn't a this isn't a cup contending team you you, you don't have a true number one line center uh Jad is your guy but he's really number two on almost any other team yeah um you know you you gotta you gotta get something for Rick Nash eat some salary and then get even more of well, of a return for that um I want I want to hit on Rick Nash in a second okay. and we'll talk about that but. You look at how this team was constructed, it's through free agents and trades. You know, they really have not drafted elite players on their own. They've drafted some good players. They've had some success in the first round. Yeah, they've had some success, but never game-changing players that got them to the next level. They haven't done what Winnipeg's done, you know? Right. And you look at them getting so lucky with Henrik Lundqvist. He's been the savior for this team for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, this team isn't built for anything more than maybe, maybe scratching and getting in the playoffs. And so... I, I don't know. Well, we can start talking about who the guys are going to unload. Some of them are untouched or are unmovable. Mark Stahl in his contract, pretty much unmovable right now. Like yeah. I look at a guy like Henrik Lundqvist, as much as people still think he's elite, I think he's unmovable at this point. His contract is so high, yeah. and he's just not at that play right now where he's even... He's not elite anymore. Well, well, Lundqvist said he's he's all for being part of the rebuild because this could be a quick turnaround rebuild. This could be a retool. This I, I don't think they're tearing down everything and and saying all right we're gonna get back in four years. I think this is more like they're gonna try getting back in two years. I I just don't think that's a realistic thing you can do unless yeah. you have a team like and we'll talk about the Bruins in a minute. But the Bruins were you know when they fired Claude Julian and uh, they got rid of. Um, 
Peter Shirelli, and they had all these changes because they were barely getting in the playoffs and just getting bombed rushed. Yeah. You know, it's like, look at where they are today. Yeah, you could say they could retool and do what the Bruins did and jump right back in and be in the thick of, you know, the Bruins could contend this year for a cup easily. That's a good team. But what Boston has and what uh, the Rangers don't have is Boston has guys like Patrice Bergeron, guys like Marchand, guys like Krejci. You know, they've got really Spring good horses. And, and then they draft a guy like Pasternak, who's one of the best young players in the league. Like, oh, yeah. and, and their drafting success is why the Bruins are back there. They have an elite mm. netminder in Tuukka Rask, who's about six years younger than Lundqvist, so he's still in that prime. But they've had the they've had those elite top end players that they've drafted and developed that make them a team that could retool in a two year period. You know, I look at this roster. You need a number one center if I'm the New York oh, Rangers, by far. and that's the hardest thing you can do in this league. Mm. You need to get rid of some of these heavy contracts on the back end that aren't doing you any justice, and you need some scoring wingers. You really yeah, do. Yeah, you really don't. This team, as I've seen it with the past several years now, um, with them making to the playoffs. You know they've always had trouble scoring. It seemed like it's it's crazy how they. I mean the the fourteen and fifteen teams that had big runs in the playoffs, they had some scoring there a little bit more. But every other year, it's like man, well, that that's been that's been their Achilles heel. But in the fourteen and fifteen, their team was supplemented by the fact that they had guys like Kreider and they had guys like Miller who were on like entry level contracts and yeah. like they had this infusion of like younger players mm-hmm. that made them a much deeper team but right. that went away you know it's like uh, I don't know like I just look at the Rangers right now and I don't see and I could easily be wrong because I was kind of doubting Boston last year I don't see how you can contend in two years because the, the laundry list of guys are going to need to compete is something that takes a full-on rebuild to get. Well, to get a number one center, realistically, tough. they can't go out and sign one. Like, I'm sorry, John Tavares is never going to play for the Rangers. You he's know? not. He's not going to cross. He, see, if Tavares were to leave the Islanders, he's not. He's going to, to two places: Montreal or Tampa. Those are the only two I could see him doing it. Montreal, I can see. You know, you you had mentioned before Tampa is is a destination. I'd have to disagree on that. But and here's why. Tavares going to Tampa, he wouldn't necessarily be the guy. He wants to be the guy. And if, if you're gonna bring in Tavares, you gotta really make the cap room work. How about, but, but 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 and I understand he it's for him to join a winning team, yeah, that would make sense. But I just John, I, how old's John Tavares right now? He's 20, 27, 28? 27, yeah. Okay, so how about this? He goes and signs a one year deal with Tampa. You know, okay. tries to win a cup like Hosa. Like Hosa, yeah. He's in the prime of his career. Nothing's going to change one year for John Tavares. People will still line up for him. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I I agree with your point though. You wouldn't be the guy, and I don't think he's going to go to Montreal to be honest, because I don't think yeah. he can turn that team around. Even with Carey Price in the net, which is the big issue that the Islanders always had, they don't have a great, you know, goaltending duo. That team, that team is worse off than the Rangers by a mile. They have so many pieces that need to be filled on that roster. Yeah. He would. I mean, it's. I mean, if you look at where the Islanders are, and where the Montreal Canadiens are. If you said, "Who would you want to stay with?" I'll take the extra year and stay with my hometown team and still get a, a buttload of money. You got like one of the best young players in the league in Matthew Barzell. You've got like 
really good scoring wings on your team, and you've got a nice set of defensemen, a, a bite they've been very injured this year. You know, I think that that roster is a goaltender and another winger or another decent defenseman away from being in a, a cup contender. Oh, gosh. See, I, see, the Islanders, what they've done really well this year, they're still fighting for a playoff spot, but their offense, they have some really great young the weapons players. Uh, uh, Bolivier and... Uh, Bovillier and yeah. Barzell, who right now is really running away with the Calder, in my opinion, man. Oh, he doesn't want Calder. Five assists the other night in a crazy 7-6 victory over the Wings. That and, was and just gross. imagine, they would have never gotten Barzell if they didn't trade away Griffin Reinhardt. Gosh. Well, that's turning, that, that, that is just good. That's why Garcino still has a job. Yeah. Because he is great at asset management, you know? He is. And, and, and look at Griffin Reinhardt now. Mm-hmm. He might be the biggest. That draft was bad. That 12 draft with... Like oh yeah. Yakupov, Ryan Murray, Galchenyuk, Reinhardt, like that was might be the worst. Was that am I saying that's the right year, right? Twenty twelve, yeah. Okay, that might be right. the worst draft I've ever seen. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Although you you watched that draft and you like really liked all the trades that went down because they're actually it, now I didn't watch that draft live, but you were telling me that there were so many big trades that went down, which there were, which that actually ma- makes up for. Well, like, yeah, it's a good it's a good watching draft, but I'm talking about the players that come but, out of but it. But yeah, the players that came out of it probably the least talented group of players I've seen in quite some time. I mean, honestly, you the best guy to get drafted that year is probably Goudreau, and he wasn't even a first round He's pick. A, yeah, he was a like third, third, or third, yeah, third or fourth. Yeah, I, I mean, and you look at that draft just in general, like. Columbus was the worst team in the league by a mile. You know, this was like the big teardown now, and they're trying to figure it out. And they just did not want to get a Russian player after like Nikita Filatov and Zherdev and like all those issues in the past. Yeah, I know we're going off on a tangent here, which is I always like enjoying doing. Oh no, that's fine. But um, they just they wanted Ryan Murray so bad, and you know, Oilers of course get the number one overall pick and don't make it count. But to be honest, they couldn't have made that pick count regardless. You know, the one thing they could have done is trade the number one overall pick to a team for a defenseman. Yeah. Which would have might have been, like, the one smart thing they could do, you know, if you have a team that – and let's not go into it. We can go back and do that for the draft podcast. Come cool, on later. cool. Anyways, let's get back on the Rangers here. So, so what, well, let me – I just want to do a one quick thing about why I think it could be two years. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. There's, there's the possibility – well, it's the likeliness that Kovalchuk's coming back to the NHL next year. And Kovalchuk said he is prob- he wants to go play for the Rangers, which I can see happening. So, But but what they're going to need to do is surround him with good talented players like a number one line center. But I'm just saying, like, that's – I mean, you don't know what Kovalchuk, oh, at his age right now, if – he won't he won't produce at the high level he did when he left the NHL. But I think he could still be, like, a, at least a 60-point guy if he comes back here. I, you know what? Kovalchuk, to me, that's that's a hard one, too, because he is going to come back. I, I would agree. I think he's going to end up playing for the Rangers. But do you think he's going to want to come back and play for a rebuilding team like the Rangers? It depends on what they do in the offseason. Again, it's it's what it, – this is a huge deadline for the Rangers because they're going to be sellers more than buyers now. And But what just – again, like we talked about, it's absolutely fine because this is what they need to do. Um, and, and, you know, with New York – they are a big market that wants to win, and it's going to cost them a season or two. But I, I, I don't see them wanting to go through a long rebuild for four years. I, I just don't see it. But I, I, I just think that you want to retool and do all that stuff, you're not going to get the result you want. 
The but, point is to make you a contender. Yeah. I don't see them being a contender unless mm. they really tear this down and build from within and start building up draft picks and players. Like that, to me, that's the biggest part about it. it it's, right. it's that prospect pool needs to be massive. And the only teams that have retooled the right way are Boston and our Tampa. Yeah. Tampa's done now, it the now, right now, way, too. Now, the other thing you got to look at here is, again, we talked about Lundquist. I mean, he's all for the rebuild, but he ain't getting any younger, too. So if you want to do one more... I, I'm sorry, but Hen- Henrik Lundquist, I'm just going to be blunt, he's not going to win a Stanley Cup. He is not going to win a Stanley Cup. He is declining. He's a declining asset. At this point, yeah. he is an above-average goaltender. To, be, to go on the Stanley Cup Finals, they would have have to have an elite team in front of a... Uh, above average goaltender. You know what I mean? They can't have a patchwork team and Lundqvist run to the playoffs and think they're going to do it. What they would... He wants to stay with the team forever because he loves Broadway. Yeah. He realizes he's not going to win a cup. He's a for sure Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. You know? I, I, I think what they're... Sorry. I, I think what they'll have to do then is bring in another goalie that can lessen the load in the regular season like Hank plays like 50... And another guy steps in place 30. So that's just kind of my ending points with New York. Um, should we get on to another subject? Do you want to finish up? Uh, yeah, I want to talk about one thing. Uh, man, I started watching the Jack Eichel video. That looks so bad. He's just been so snake-bitten early on in his career. Yeah. Compared to like, I mean, McDavid was out for a while, too. But uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, you know, I want to talk about this Rick Nash situation real quick. Sure. All right, let's go ahead. To me, Rick Nash is... Worth to me a middle eight, a middle prospect, a B level prospect, and a second round pick at this point. I'm not paying a first round pick, which is the Rangers came out and said we want a, a first round pick and a top prospect for Rick Nash. What the fuck are you smoking to where you think Rick Nash at his age with his salary and what he's contributed onto this team in the last three years is worth anything near a first round pick? Well, New York has to absolutely. Has to eat the absolute maximum of his of his salary by a if, mile. If they want, if they want to get a really good return for him, they're not. I don't I, see a team out there that's even interested in, in doing anything near that. Why would you give up a top prospect for a guy like Rick Nash? Who, yeah, he's he's a first line player on a bad team. Rick Nash isn't gonna isn't gonna move the chains for you. I'm no, sorry. Like I, to me, if you if you had a late first round uh, former first round pick and a second. You know, a second rounder and maybe like a fifth. Yeah, there, there's your return. I'm not, I'm not rolling up and giving a first round pick in this year's draft when this year's going to be much better than next year. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't understand like where and people were like the NHL Network was on. This is what we talked about on the phone the other day. NHL Network was on talking about this two nights ago and they, they were throwing out fan trade offers and one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Like, please next time, like please screen these stupid offers. Like, they had an offer that was this this guy on Twitter wrote. What about Rick Nash to the Arizona Coyotes for Clayton Keller, Luke Shannon, a second-round pick? That guy must must be smoking dope. That guy is such. That guy is like the worst type of like Rangers dumbass fan. You know, like that's like so many of them too, and they're on. They're in every organization. Like these are the dumb people that like throw out these trade scenarios with not thinking of anything. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to give you the the best young players of the league. Uh, for an aging veteran on a deadline deal to a team that's not going to the playoffs. Like, how stupid do you have to be to, like, even right. think something like that? Right. So, to me, this is, like, the problem is I've always thought this. And I don't even care what anyone thinks about this. I think Ranger fans are the most delusional, 
whack jobs in the world. You know, they just think that it's like every off season they can try to get the top guy and it's going to somehow turn their fortunes around. They've done it every year and it always fails. Look at Brandon Smith Brandon sitting Smith in the minors now with three years on a heavy contract left. Brad Richards, Wade Redden. I mean, well, Richards they had to buy him out, but Redden they had was to, another guy. Redden was got, a guy, yeah. But buried. they bought Richards out. They're going to pay for him forever. God, Gomez, they yeah. You know, well, they ended up trading him for McDonough in that big deal. But I think Drury, too, was Drury was victim. nothing when he went there. Yeah, I just, the Rangers, it's always. They you'd always, love to see them build it up the right way and just yeah. do it right for once. Instead of, like, cutting corners, signing everybody because it's New York and it's so cool and let's go play for the freaking Rangers. The Rangers have not been good. I'm sorry, even when they went to the Stanley Cup final, the East was so bad that year. Like, that was the most lopsided Stanley Cup final in the last 15 years. Oh, that yeah. was an absolute, like, shit show of a final yeah la didn't even try la like outplayed them by a mile oh, in every my, single game yeah. and the one game the rangers won they got lucky on a couple shots mm-hmm. otherwise they weren't close to getting anywhere near sniffing the stanley cup yeah. final you know so all right shall we go on boston sorry yeah i know i was we're on a tangent there what one of the uh one of the hottest teams in the league right now the boston bruins um god they went on uh what was it? Since December first, at they went on like at least two months without having a regulation loss or six weeks or something like that. Yeah, it was insane. Now look at it right there. They are, they are just right behind Tampa by like a couple points. They are. Boston's gonna be Boston's gonna be a fun team to watch man, in the playoffs. You know, I really want to see in the playoffs is Boston Tampa in the second round. That that would be a really entertaining series. I used to hate Boston, and I, I hated Boston for all the reasons that a lot of people hate them. It's like, you know, everyone just sits there and talks about Cam Neely and talks about like, the big bad Bruins and stuff, and like we need to get tougher. And and the reason I like Boston this year is because this is a team built on uh, speed and skill. It's not yeah. built on like and yeah, uh, Brad Marchand is still he's a dirty player, but you know what? He also is one of the best goal scorers in the league too. So it's yeah. like you know, pick your poison. But Marchand has served his 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 fair share of suspensions over the past, and he just had another one recently. But that's but, him. But that is who he is. Yeah. He's never not going to do this. But the difference between him and Burroughs is he has cheap hits. He doesn't intentionally do stupid shit like knee, like knee guys in the head. Yeah. Like he'll he goes and try. He, he just plays on that edge and he goes over. He, he's a tough player. You gotta you gotta. He's a guy that everyone hates to play against. A lot like Matthew Kachuk, but when he's on your team and he scores, yeah. he is an elite player in this league. Mar- Martian, I, I gotta say it's 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 actually like. I, I've been really impressed with what Marshan has done because the first few years of his career, it's more like he's played that tough role and he was only getting 50 points or whatever, which is fine. That's, that's, that's still good. But, yeah. but but now it's just like, man, holy cow. I didn't expect him to explode this this I, this I, good. These I think when you get seasons. into the league, and he's a smaller guy too, you know, he's a third-round pick. You know, they had Lucic already. He's got to come in he's going to say, what can I do to contribute to this team? And it's to agitate the hell out of him, try to yeah. put in as many as I can. And he's really redefined his role in the team as being one of their top scorers. And when Pasternak came into town, the game changed for him. That that chemistry between yeah. those two is just... And Bergeron. And Bergeron. Bergeron's just back. I mean, Bergeron. he might go down as one of the best Bruins of all time. I, I think so. I think when Z retires, that he will be the next captain. And He should be the captain right he, he now. Should, he should be. But, but, but they're going to let Z... I heard they're going to bring Z back on a one-year deal. Hey, hey, and that's fine because I, what I, you know, what they're really doing well is these veterans, the 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 Charas, the Marchands, the Bergerons, the Krejci's, the Rasks, 
and even Bacchus too. These guys are really bringing in the young kids and really mentoring them in, in, a, in a great way because they have – that's the one thing about this team is they're playing so well with all of these – they've had, what, 14 players since the beginning of last year that have made their NHL debut. That is insane. And, and you know, what was it? We – you know – Free agency period, free agent frenzy is always the time of the year where the, the, the worst contracts are handed out on July yeah. 1st. And I thought when the Boston Bruins signed Bacchus to a five-year, $6 million a year, I thought that was, again, that was going to be a horrible contract. Really, right now, it isn't that bad. I, I mean, it's not, it's not great. It's not great, but... Remember, but, they still have Bolesky on that, on that deal, too. That, He's in their minors right that, now. That's, that's, the Bolesky deal was horrible, but this one... It's not great, but it's not not horrible because they he, pay, they pay for leadership. They pay for leadership. That's what Backus provides. He's a tough guy. It, you know, he's. I like David Backus a lot. Yeah. I'm a big David Backus guy. I always have been. I always thought, you know, Minnesota boy plays his heart out. Yeah. Like I like David Backus, but yeah, I hated the contract. I thought it was an overpayment on top of an overpayment. We talked about that contract too. Yeah. Uh, Boston right now. Yeah, you look at a guy like Tuukka Rask. Uh, interestingly enough, I'm a big Tuukka Rask guy. I love him on my fantasy team. He puts up good numbers. I think he's one of the best goaltenders in the league. Top five. Yeah, but he never is. He's never like the first guy or second guy they grab, right? I grabbed him in our draft. In the first month I had him, I was like, oh my god, they are so bad right now. Like he is. He was like three eight and like four with like a high. Yeah. And now he lost his first game last night. And that was the first game he lost in regulation since November. It's ridiculous. That is, you're in February, and he has been just lights out this year. And so I like the Bruins right now. I'm really excited to see kind of what happens because I really think the East is interesting this year. This is the first year where you're actually seeing like teams kind of emerge that will be really fun to watch. In previous years, sometimes it's like, okay, three or four or five of the teams out of the eight out of one conference, I'm not really interested in watching them play. But, yeah. like, this year, and I always have teams I hate watching. Like, I hate St. Louis. I just think their game is so boring. Um, I, I really like, and I'm kind of getting sick of watching Pittsburgh kind of in there all the time, too. But Tampa, Boston coming out of there, um, I really think the Leafs will be fun if, if they make the playoffs and see what they can do. On the other side of it, Winnipeg, and, yeah. and seeing some of these teams come uh-huh. up. Because um, we have a team that's not in there right now that's been in the playoffs the last 10 years that I want to jump into. Right. You know I like to talk about them. You know I have to talk about them. <laughs> All right. You know what? Uh, Chicago Blackhawks. People hate it when I talk Chicago, but guess what? This is my podcast, not yours, so eat shit. Let's talk Blackhawks. Um, I was at the game last night. Uh, Hawks, uh, Wild at XL. They lost 3-0. Yeah. Uh, I watched that game, and... There were times when Minnesota was outplaying them, uh, for sure. But I don't think this is a bad team at all. This is a young, fast, uh, good team. They don't. They didn't get a lot of high, uh, high percentage uh, scoring chances. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they didn't get any like good uh, slot shots or mm-hmm. or guys that you know really had like a breakaway or anything too. So it, it was a lot of shots on goal. It was a lot of trying to make something work, and it just ended up being the game with Jeff Glass. Jeff Glass was playing uh, goaltender. Obviously, Crawford's been out for a long time, and and I want to talk about him in a second, but. He played so bad, it wasn't even like... I mean, the game was over after three minutes into the game. You know, when they scored that second goal, I'm like, this, this isn't going to work out. A few things to point out with the Hawks. Like, you mentioned Crawford. He's He's been their MVP this entire season. And he hasn't played with them for like four or five weeks now. And yeah, and and the thing, too, is th- this is not the same Hawks team we've seen the past few years because of what they did in the offseason. And it's not the negative or bad. It's just the cap and just how they ended their season last year just forced them to make some of these moves. Well, and <laughs> And, and, you know, and the other thing, too, is, man, it's 
Saad hasn't really he, – he hasn't played up to his potential that they've wanted him. I, I'm sure it's going to take a little more time, but it's it's been hard finding chemistry with some of these guys. Okay. They, they put a lot of guys on Tay's line. And, and um, you know what? And if there's someone who loves uh, line blundering, it's, it's Coach Q. Now, yeah. I will say this about Saad. It's not just Saad. Uh, worst offensive year for Jonathan Tays. Worst offensive year for Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith. Like yeah. this team just is having a rough year. It, but they are. there's things that I like, and we talked about it in what we're going to call the the Lost Tapes podcast that we did a couple weeks ago. We talked heavily about. It, and we never were able to actually publish it, unfortunately. I just couldn't get it to work, and maybe I'll try to and get that in the archives here. But we talked about the Hawks and. Um, Really what I look at with this roster right now is it's an infusion of young talent. I think you look at guys that, to me, are really going to be key players for them. Uh, guys like Nick Schmaltz, guys like Alex Jabrinkat. Like, mm-hmm. There are some really positive things coming out of there. This isn't their year. They're not going to make the playoffs. And you know what? For the first time in a long time, I'm okay with that. Because I think they go into the offseason. I think, like we talked about in the other one, I don't want to just re-talk about the things we already talked about, but... Deadline, I think they should try to sell some guys off, try to get rid of some contracts, yeah. I, and try to get some assets back because they're pretty decent at drafting. Uh-huh. I think they go into the offseason not worrying about job security and stuff. Crawford's been injured all year. Crawford's in the net. I think they're I think they're right on the cusp of making the playoffs. Yeah. I think they're I think they're a second wild card spot. Yeah. But Jeff Glass, Anton Forsberg, it isn't working. I think they're really going in the offseason, getting a true number two goaltender. Um and really trying to move off one of those one or two of those big contracts. Now they talk about Brent Seabrook and how they'll never be able to get rid of him. I don't think I I don't think it's impossible. There's a no movement clause. Now I think if Stan Bowman approached him and said, "Look, we've paid you an absolute shitload of money." If if Brent Seabrook was making half his salary, no one would care. Right. But he's making so much more, and that's Stan Bowman's fault. Stan Bowman, I hope that. You know, if they do get Seabrook off, that would be a huge boon for them. But it's going to end up costing them somebody like Nick Schmaltz, which would be just such a negative thing for them. Yeah, well, so it's such a hard or like to bring Cat. You know, it's like it's going to cost just like it cost him Tara Vinan, just like it cost him. You know, or like when they when they traded away Philip Deneau. Like, yeah. just imagine if this roster didn't sign Seabrook to that contract and let him walk. This roster could be ten times more competitive. Yeah, at the time though, you 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 had just came off winning a, a cup, and it's, and and Seabrook has been part of the core of those three Stanley Cup runs. I, so I don't blame him for for for. But a full no movement clause yeah. for a guy at that age and at that you know because you. I just don't understand how you look at that team, look at that roster, and figure out how can I make it competitive. Like, and and that's what Stan Bowman's got to realize now. And he's my thing with Stan Bowman is he's not learning from his mistakes, right? Yeah. He goes into the off season and blames basically everyone and says this isn't acceptable, it's not acceptable. So what does he go do? He offloads uh, Homerson, which I'd take two years of Homerson over a billion years of Connor Murphy. Connor Murphy sucks. And he is on this roster for a long time now. It's another guy they're going to be looking at in years and saying, like, how the fuck do we get this guy off this roster? I, I wouldn't have moved Halmerson, even though, again, cap situation. And- Saad, I understood. You, you bought more years of Saad back. Yeah. Tay's asked for it. Kane asked for it. I think they're having a bad year. I think Saad's going to – if they traded Saad at this deadline, I think that would be the biggest mistake ever. Yeah, you know, I don't I mean, think you, you should trade away Saad, especially when you had Panarin who – you know he's playing pretty well. With he's Columbus. playing great. Yeah. I just think that like I look right now at um, this team and I really think to myself, what could have been if they just would have let a couple of these guys walk and, and just said, you know what? I, I think in that and and he did it again with last year with Richard Panic. You know, instead of trading Panic away, you know, obviously had a first round bad and, and Panic was 
you know, he played great last year to say, why don't we move Panic out of here and get like another? I bet you ten to one they could have moved Panic at that time for a high second, low first. I think they could have do a team that yeah. would want like just imagine if, if if a team that was like trying to you know maybe get back on the bubble like Boston would have probably picked him up. Boston would have paid like a late round pick or a team would have paid a late round pick mm-hmm. again, but they end up getting Duclair out of the deal, which I don't know how that happened. I don't yeah. know how they turned that into Duclair. That was a really big misstep by John uh, Chaka the Chaka. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad call on him. Like I never would have taken panic, but. The problem with Stan Bowman is he rewards these guys with these contracts. Sometimes you have to learn when to just let it walk away. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think he – I feel – you know, I know I know the Hawks, like some of the Hawks players like Taze and Kane also miss Shaw, um, what he what he brought to the table. But I think that was that was probably the best move to kind of get him off the books. His, he was asking for a lot. He asked for a lot of money. They got two second round picks for him. Yeah, he was a former fifth round pick. Yeah, that's asset management. So, so there, there's one for for Bowman. And, and again, you and know, didn't that pick end up being DeBrincat? One of those picks, probably. And, and you know, and yeah. So and right now, you just gotta look at it with with this team and. These young kids are going to have to emerge as the new core of the team and really go in a different direction as far as how you're going to build your team. Because I, I think the days are long. The days are definitely long gone bringing back old players. The, the sharp, yeah, the sharp, sharp, the sharp, candles, sharp didn't the bug me as much. It was such a lows one. But yeah, yeah, I mean, no more deadline deals. No at more deadline. No, yeah, I, he, he's he's just. I think of all you know. Obviously, he, it worked look, in the past, and, and, and it's not not a bad move to bring back guys who worked with you in the past. But I, but it's I not going to happen. It's not. But in happen. my in my eyes, Coach Q should be there as long as he wants to be. This mm-hmm. year is not on him, and I think this year with Crawford being injured has bought him that. Yeah. But to me, first person that should be should be gone is Stan Bowman. I think that overall he's made some nice moves, but I think long term, I think he has actually mismanaged this team so poorly. You know, you, you look at it goes back from when he started off with the Christopher Steeg, or they talk about how Dale Talon missed the Christopher Steeg papers, and that's when he really took over because he's Scotty Bowman's son. And people say, well, he made some good moves. He made some good drafting decisions. They made a lot of good drafting decisions before him too. Yeah. I, again, everything could change. Next year they could come into the year. He could go into the offseason, make some savvy moves. This team goes back to the playoffs next year, and no one's calling anyone's head. But I think right now you've got to start getting some of these contracts off the books and try to lighten the load telling that they're not using the Marion Hosa money for anything, and I, I think that's good for a lot of reasons, but Anisimov would be a guy who would really try to move off this offseason or maybe at the deadline. Yeah. You know, e- Even a team that just needs that depth. like I could see a reunion in Columbus making a lot of sense. Yeah. Arvin Anisimov is a nice top six forward, a guy who can play, and, and they need some center depth out there right now because yeah, those I, guys aren't playing. Yeah, because Anisimov, if Panera was still on the team, then yeah, you, you, you keep you keep Anisimov for as long as that contract runs out or as long as he can he can let his good years uh, ride along. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, um, this is definitely another important deadline for, for the Hawks, and it will be a really important offseason for the Hawks. I don't I don't see them getting rid of Stan Bowman, I, especially when he's been there with them winning three cups. And um, and and I think he's I and I think also too like you mentioned Marion Hosa I think that's been another big loss for them too. It, he, it, you he, know, he provides so much for that team. His two way game, future Hall of Famer. Uh, he just he's he's you know had he's gelled well with Taze, and that's you know again it's it's he, again that's it's. I'm, 
Speechless, yeah. I'm speechless, yeah, basically. Yeah, it, yeah. it really comes back to it. I mean, I, I don't know. I always just look at this team, and I'm like, I watched that game last night, and I was just, first off, they didn't score a goal, so I couldn't even stand up and cheer for my own freaking team. But Sorry about that. No, I mean, I, this year was really good for me. I, I got uh, I got to go to two really, really cool games uh, for the Hawks this year. Got yeah. some pretty uh, unbelievable opportunities to go see them. I won a raffle to go see the game last night. I got to go with my uh, coworkers and good friends to another game in a, you know, in a suite, and I got a really you know good opportunity to that. So I feel really lucky today to see a team play. I mean, that's my goal over years, to see them play at least once. Yeah. Um, so it was fun last night. And you know what? That's there was good. an absolute ton of Hawks fans there. It was. It still blew they my mind. Well. Hey, listen again. It's and that's probably, good. That's good for me to see because if I went in there last night with a team that's literally at the bottom of the standings and there's no Hawks fans, and you really know what type of people were coming out to those games before, you know? Yeah, no. They they have a they have a great fan base. Uh, I think it's just it's a down year for them. If they miss the playoffs, they miss the playoffs. They just have to. They have God. Important just options. the thought of them getting a top pick though in this draft makes me so excited. See, that's the other thing too. That's the big positive. That would be the big positive for them is if they. They missed the playoffs, and they were at the bottom ten of standings. They have a with with the new lottery system in place now. I mean, there's like, like again Man. last year, whoever thought that Philly. Philly would get the second overall pick or Dallas getting the third overall pick when Dallas they had just missed the playoffs. It seemed yeah. like that's that's. So this could be for for the Hawks. Man, how sweet would that be if they got a top pick? You look at a yeah. guy like Rasmus Dahlin. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! If they got Rasmus Dahlin, I would lose my mind. Or if they got like. Sveshnikov or Brady Kachuk. Oh, Brady Kachuk would be sweet in a Hawks uniform. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm excited about that. Well, you know, we always leave at this point. I want to just kind of get our uh, view or listeners up to speed. Uh, tune in on Sunday the 25th. We're going to do a podcast on the 24th. Yeah, we're doing a podcast on the 24th. It'll be uploaded by the 25th. It's going to be a trade deadline special. It's going to be, it's going to be one hour. We got one two, hour. two special guests. Sean Bell, us. who was on the podcast earlier this week, and we also got Mike Stafford. We're going to be live from SCSU, our alma mater, home of the Huskies. Huskies. Uh, looking forward to that. I'm so pumped about that. That I little, little boy. I mean, getting a hotel, going to see the Huskies play Denver. Ooh, that's going to be a huge game. It is just going to be. What a great night that's going to be. Oh I'm gosh. so pumped I'm about so it. Pumped so that that's what we got coming up. Before we get done here, trade the podcast. I always like to do one. Um, I'm looking at more teams that we've talked about, maybe teams that are on the cusp. Uh, do you have one in mind? Yeah, I do. Go for it. All right. The New York Rangers trade, Ryan McDonough to the Dallas Stars for a first-round pick. Deadline, big blockbuster. Wow. Dallas could use the defensive depth. I mean, they, they've – seems like the past couple years they've – that's been some a, a, a work in process thing for them. I, I don't think it hurts to add more defensive depth for them. See, I, I, like, I like where your head's at. I, uh, you know, I was thinking about a, a trade that kind of makes sense, but I don't know if they would do it because they're two rivals. Uh, my trade was the Boston Bruins trade, a first-round pick and a fifth-round pick, as well as like a B-level prospect. I know they got a couple guys out there uh, for Evander Kane. Uh, get another bruising winger on that team, someone who can uh, help him run. And I think, honestly, if they did that, they could probably cash in and sign Evander Kane. I think he'd look great in a Bruins uniform type of guy that they like, you know, really look want, you know, a nice scoring winger. But for me right now, if I'm I'm the Boston Bruins, you've got all the nice young players coming up. You got to make a run at this. I think this yeah, is wide open of a year as it's ever been. This is kind of the same situation with the Leafs. Is that they have all their young guys at playing at a high level that are on low contracts. Yeah, and they'll definitely they'll be kind of buyers and sellers. I think they might move off that. They may move off that Bozak contract to try to maybe 
get rid of some cap or what, what or, about or, what about this out there? Casper Kapanen, Tyler Bozak, second round pick for Max Pacioretty. Ah, uh, well, and now here's the other thing too with Bozak. He is also going to be a free agent after this season, but. But I wonder too if they're they're gonna want more defense. They they said they want they want to get after defense, and that's another destination I can see McDonough possibly going to. It, going is, back to his original team it is well, no Toronto. Oh Toronto, Dude, sorry, Montreal, I thought we were talking about Montreal. Yeah. yeah, but Montreal, boy, that's gonna be interesting. I you know there's been a lot of rumors with uh, uh, Patchetti getting traded, and can definitely see it, but I I think that's gonna be more of an of an off-season move more than a deadline move. Sure. So that's just my opinion. Um, no, that's that's good. Really quick before we're done, do you think it's going to be a busy trade deadline or it's going to be a I, – I'm, I, You know, this is interesting because the last couple of years have been disappointing, and so I'm going to assume that it's it's going to be kind of the same thing as we've seen the past couple of years. We aren't, yeah. aren't going to see too many I, I don't videos. think it's going to be a big one. I think it's going to be a really quiet one. I think I was going to wait to the off season. I just, I just have a feeling. It, I have a feeling there's some guys that could move, and, and guys definitely like Kane and Nash who are only worth their value to get rid of them, but I don't think it's going to be a big year. No, I don't think so either. I think – and we're just seeing now the teams want to make moves more in the off season than the deadline. And plus, plus teams too who are in contention for the playoffs, it's like there's some guys that are – UFAs that they can move off of. It's like, well, why do you move off of them? They're 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 literally your deadline acquisitions. Yeah. Well, so that's just my that's that's. You know, it's been another great podcast here uh, from St. Paul, Minnesota. We will, home of B. Um, we will see you and we we'll see you in a couple weeks. We're gonna have a nice weeks. trade deadline special. So uh, one hour, as, one hour as always. Uh, my name is Andrew. I'm here with the Purple Moose Podcast with my brother Jeff. Jeff, sign us off. All right, catch you later, gang.